Welcome to Sons of a Gun, a podcast about the DC Universe. I'm Alex Gunn. And I'm Justin Gunn, both sons of a gun. Yes, and our celebrity dad, who we can't mention who he is, is very busy with his other family this week, which is really upsetting to me. Uh, But of course, we can't say who he is, so it doesn't matter. You could just, it's fine. He's got another family. He could spend a lot of time with them. As long as he spends time with us as well. So we're going to get into a bunch of news updates, kicking off with one about one James Gunn. Mm. James Gunn. Daddy. James Gunn. Hypothetical. I mean, more of a creative sense. Daddy, like Pedro Pascal. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Nobody's pushing back on that. We definitely should have said that. Cut this whole part of the podcast, right? Okay, good. Anyway, James Gunn has explained what he is looking for in a Superman when he was asked by Variety on the red carpet for Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. And here's what he said. It's hard, but we're looking. And we actually have some really great choices, which I'm excited about. But it has to be somebody who has all of the humanity that Superman has, but he's also an alien. It's got to be somebody who has the kindness and the compassion that Superman has. And it has to be somebody that you want to give a hug. And so that's his quote on it. This has been memed to heck since it got posted. I feel crazy because that was my actual um, senior year yearbook quote. So I feel like it could be me, but maybe not. Jeez, it could be you. Um, Yeah, so people have been going in two very different directions on this in terms of reactions. One, everybody's been posting ridiculous choices like Paddington, I think, is the popular one that everybody's putting up there. Mm. And the other direction, a lot of film Twitter folks are responding being like, what is he talking about? What is he trying to say here? Well, Justin, it, it, it is yeah. that. I mean, it, this is like such a like a hyperbolic. I don't know. It's almost like rev- anti information. It's like the reverse of information because this isn't a real person. Because at the end of the day, you also want to add in there. They have to be an actor who will work for um, you know <laughs> fifteen million dollars or whatever the rate is, and like like it's there's all the this is all like just uh, what you um, write in a the documentary about finding Superman or whatever. Yeah, I I didn't have as much of a problem with it as other people seem to, because I think, I mean, I understand what he's saying. It's a red carpet quote. For anybody who's never done a red carpet, just so you know, they are absolute nightmares. Like, they are yeah. legitimate nightmares from every single angle. For the people who are walking the carpet like James Gunn, you are people screaming at you and demanding your attention. You've got two minutes where you got to answer the same question 55 times in a row, usually with different answers. People are grabbing you and pulling you everywhere. The movie's about to start, so you have those amped up nerves. And then from the uh, question perspective, depending on where you are, if you're Variety you get like three questions in right with everybody, but it's still three questions in the span of two minutes, which is not a lot of time. So you're pushing really hard. You can't really have any follow-ups or anything like that. So it's just nightmarish in all perspectives, but I think what he's saying makes sense, right? He's looking for somebody who is, that is what Superman is. Superman is an alien. So he is removed from people. That's something he needs to deal with. But at the same time, he is connecting with humanity. He's inspiring humanity. He has compassion. I don't know about the part about wanting to give him a hug. I don't think I've ever felt like I wanted to necessarily give Superman a hug, but I also kind of understand that idea of 
this is a person who you trust and love completely, I guess, is what he's going for. Well, and someone who has voice going high. Yeah. (laughs) Someone has like real vulnerability. I think Mm -hmm. a lot of this statement feels like it's sort of working in opposition to our most recent Superman process, the Zack Snyder Superman, who I think um, just like the tone, I don't know, not even just the actor, uh, but just the tone of it. That was like a hardened Superman who was like you were sort of very opaque. This Superman is much more like down to earth. That's why like someone it, like I don't think Robert Downey Jr. is a, would be a good choice for this, but someone who is much more on the ground with you, who's mm-hmm. like able to make a joke and able to be that. This is a, a much more a Superman with relatability and humanity, which is very different than what we've seen recently out of our Superman. Yeah. And I'll also throw out there, I think we talked about this last week on the podcast, but James Gunn very specifically did say he's not writing a comedy. He's not doing the same thing that he's done before. He is. And it's also not necessarily going to be like a deadly serious drama, but at the same time, he's not doing a goof Patron 2000 like he's done with previous things. He's not making fun of Superman. This is a Superman movie. So I don't know. We'll see. I think the real question is like, how old is this um, mm-hmm. character going to be? How what what's the age of the actor? Because it feels like if it's a younger Superman, then it's someone who is maybe starring a name that we know on the periphery, but not mm-hmm. a huge star. So that makes it in, puts it into a lot of people that I, you know I don't really know who that might be. What are some? Who are do you know any names that are sort of being tossed out? I don't know. Uh, you know, you mentioned this, I think, the last podcast, that because we don't know what the exact age is or what they're looking for or anything about the script, any guesses anybody has made online are legitimately guesses. Like, I haven't seen any leaks. There's certainly been a couple of names that get thrown out, and then immediately James Gunn jumps into the Twitter matches and be like, that's 100% patently false. I haven't talked to that person. I think uh, one of the scooper people... Grace Randolph uh, threw out mm. a Logan Lerman, and he immediately was like, no, I don't even know who that is. And yeah. <laughs> then people were like, you don't know who Logan Lerman is? How dare you? And he's like, I've probably seen him in something. I'm just saying I don't personally know him or th- we haven't talked to Logan Lerman. So... I mean, not, not the thing, Logan Lerman, probably. Yeah, just that. Well, it's like you want like a dude with a square jaw who's like a potential leading man. That's like every <laughs> piece of content has one of those in there in some capacity. Um, I do see I'm looking at a list and Chris Pratt is on that. I'm like, don't do that. No. <laughs> we've we've seen. Enough I, don't, of I don't think he's going to go that route. I don't think he's going to go to the Chris Pratt route. I don't think he's going to get anybody. I'm sure the studio wants him to get a name, but I think he wants to, my guess is treat it like Christopher Reeve, somebody who's like kind of known, but then you push them to that next level and they're able to become Superman. Chris Pratt can't do that. I saw a lot of love for James Marsden online. I think particularly in the wake of jury duty. He's awesome. I don't think they're going to go for him either necessarily. It's not going to be anybody, you know, to get specific about it, I think part of in a more of a casting like physical features way, the eyes are huge. So I think whatever this, because I think you need Superman to be like a hero. You need someone who is like in physical, like a, a someone who can be in a fight, but they need to have these very vulnerable eyes. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think that's where they're they're going to look to someone to find the humanity. So I think that will when we see that if we, even if we don't know the name, when we see the picture of the actor, they eventually class and be like, look at that, he's got. Totally. 
I do wonder, maybe I'm getting this totally wrong, but I feel like Christopher Reeve was more in theater than movies and TV. Yeah. They had done a little bit at that point. So I think that's kind of the thing they want to look for, right? They want to look for somebody who has real acting chops and real experience, is maybe has some experience with movies and TV, so they're not a total newbie on the camera, so you don't end up in a situation where somebody doesn't know what they're doing on set. But it's somebody that maybe is like noted New York and Chicago, but not necessarily mm. worldwide. Yeah. I don't know. Obviously, that's not a name. I don't have any suggestions necessarily, but we'll see what happens. Let's move on to another big one. This is one that goes in a bunch of different wild directions, but The Flash showed mm. off its new trailer, which we got to see, and also the full movie, the unfinished movie, but the full movie over at CinemaCon. So we got a bunch of first reactions to that. Uh, we've also gotten a bunch of reactions to the reactions, as we've talked about a lot here on the podcast. Ezra Miller, probably not a great person, not even probably, like done a lot of crimes around the world, as we're aware. There are some issues. There are some yes. issues. And a lot of the first reactions were, first of all, not not only not referencing that, like talking about how great the movie was, which people already feel very conflicted about because Ezra Miller is front and center, but several of them actually specifically said, called out Ezra Miller and complimented Ezra Miller. Uh, and one in particular was like, I know Ezra Miller has done – uh, has a complicated past, and everybody's like, "What are you? What? Okay, you mean what? present? Complicated, <laughs> complicated present. present? You mean crimes on camera? Yeah. Is that what you mean by complicated?" So there's a lot of very strong feelings about this. Uh, the other thing that I'd throw out there. Uh, you know, we've heard and we've been talking about a lot on the podcast. James Gunn said this is one of the greatest superhero movies ever made. At CinemaCon, David Zaslav, who is the head of Warner Brothers Discovery, said, I've seen this three times. You will feel all the emotions. Um, uh, this is, uh, in fact, the greatest superhero movie I've ever seen. Possibly the first superhero movie he's ever seen, maybe. Yeah. But he only watches Shark Week otherwise. I felt like. There was some over-the-top, like, this, yes, absolutely, this is the greatest superhero movie I've ever seen reactions. But a lot of the reactions to me, and I don't know how many of you read, felt like somebody, they all had a gun to the back of their head. Like James it felt Gunn. like, uh, Yeah, James Gunn. It felt like they had this strange smile of, it's really in, in good, and there's good action. Uh, and that was it. Well, and I'm sure that everyone has to be quiet about it. They can't really say anything that is indicative of what happens. But, like, I mean, it's very telling. People are saying this is the best superhero movie ever, but it's all people who work for Warner Brothers in some <laughs> capacity. So it's like, yeah, there's a definitely a financial interest in you saying that. But, you know, they've set the bar very high for this movie. So I don't know what what reaction we're going to get out of it that is going to be like, either it has to be more absolutely glowing review or absolute like takedowns. They haven't, they've, they've split, they've partisaned the reactions in a way mm -hmm. that I, I just don't know what the conversation is going to be like, but my, it has started. My feeling on it from having read a lot of these reactions and sort of putting together the pieces uh, from these early things, you know, I think everybody knows this, but there is a lot of jockeying to get out of the screening first, tweet your thing so you can get it embedded in an article of like, better than the Dark Knight, and then you're quoted there. That feels really good, I guess, rather than being yeah. truthful about whatever your action is. Also, not the best thing to be like, 
I saw this movie literally 30 seconds ago, and here's everything that I feel about it, because sometimes it takes a little time to process things. Yeah. But that said, reading through everything, it seems like there are some great emotional bits in it. There's some incredible action sequences. There's some funny jokes. But it also sounds like it may, in fact, be a bloated mess that gets very convoluted, particularly about two-thirds of the way through in terms of the time travel stuff, which, frankly, having now seen two trailers of this, seems about right to me. Well, and like that's something that we would have predicted for this movie because not just the DC movies, but all superhero movies have been getting more bloated and more convoluted as the stories continue because they're trying to do a lot of things and they're incorporating a lot of things. So like I could definitely see that be continuing here and it's not even a big indictment to be like, yes, it's a little long and it's a little confusing, but like maybe the emotionality and the stuff that people are like mm-hmm. uh, saying are in a positive light, like the flash story that this is based on is really good. The idea like that flash, you know, has been affected because his mother was killed and he goes back in time to try to stop that is like cool. It's like a child, you know, a a young person's dream to go back and fix the thing that that, that happened to their parents. So like there's just inherent emotionality. Have you never heard that before? It's going to be like cool. It's going to be a good story, starting point for the story. Well, let's briefly at least talk about the trailer. I don't know if you watched that, but that showed off some new footage. Obviously we have seen that. The rest of the world has seen that. Um, not to keep sounding negative, but I became, I was very impressed by the first trailer where yeah. I had very low expectations for the movie. And then I saw that first trailer and I was like, oh, this looks fun and good. Maybe I still feel conflicted about the Ezra Miller thing, but I was very surprised. This trailer seemed like the first trailer, but worse to me. Well, I, I yes. I, but I, all second trailers, I feel like, unless there's a real joke or twist on it, it's going to be a little worse, I think. It's just the way it is. But I also think, isn't this one a little more Batman-focused? Isn't It's definitely more Batman-focused. We get Michael Keaton saying, um, you want to get nuts, let's get nuts, mm. which, weird to me. It's weird to me that, like, that went from a thing he said one time 30 years ago for a very specific reason – because he was interacting with the Joker and he was trying to rile up the Joker too. No, no, that's his catchphrase. He says that all the time. He's constantly well, that is, saying that. That is weird. I mean, that's the most, and that wasn't even like a huge sticky outy moment in the when we first watched the movie. It's just in time and internet culture. I feel like that has become like this weird line in that movie. But it definitely is not a good line for Batman to ever say. Like he's Bruce Wayne in that moment, and he's like being weird. To have him be like, "This is this is my thing." Is is I agree with you. Very strange. His big catchphrase in there is, "I'm Batman." If I remember correctly, <laughs> yeah. the big Batman catchphrase is, "I'm Batman." Yeah, that's that, what he should that's say. That's a big here. takeaway. There you go. As long as he tries to do like the thing with a CD, I'm good to go. I'd love to see that again. That would yeah. be nice. He should have said, "This is where I get my wonderful toys." Mm, yeah, a little confusing, but I would appreciate it. The other thing that I'll mention about it, just to go back a couple of podcasts back, I know you weren't here. It was uh, me and Pete talking about it, but I threw out the theory that maybe this is Thomas Wayne in the movie instead of Bruce yes. Wayne, just sort of speculating about that. Um, it is not <laughs> clearly yeah. based on this trailer. He's talking about unless unless it's the Wayne grandparents who died. And that's mm. what he's talking. about. Well, I would also argue the him saying that you want to get nuts, let's get nuts. 
I'd be weird if Thomas Wayne said that. That's even weirder. He's like, you heard this from your alternate timeline son's one thing that happened to him? I mean, Thomas Wayne is, we think that, just to be clear, in the comics, it's Thomas Wayne, Mm -hmm. uh, who is this alternate Batman. So, like, but I get why they were like, you know what, let's just make it Bruce. It's um, easier for everyone else to understand. In a movie that is, like you said, probably super convoluted, let's at least have Batman still be the same guy. Yeah, it, I will. Last thing I'll say, and then we can move on. It is weird to me as a culture with both this and Spider-Man No Way Home that we decided like, yeah, yeah, it's fine for multiple actors who look literally nothing like each other to play the exact same character with no explanation. Yeah, I feel like we need like a little bit, just like one line of something to make me feel a little better about it. Nah. But well, you know what? Sorry, this is jumping back again. But like, even have you ever danced with the devil in the pale moonlight would have been a better quote to go with and you want to get nuts let's get nuts <laughs> but the joker says that that's the joke i line. know but also if this is truly the same batman from the original movie that's the the line that uh the joker says when he kills his parents and when he mm-hmm. says it again like that's a line that would sort of stick with me and stick, stick with him his whole life he might throw it out there at this point you know what he should have said there's that scene at the end of the trailer where the two flashes are being dropped out of the bat plane he's also dropping out as well that would have been a great opportunity for him to say you weigh more than 108 pounds my favorite uh, line from the first movie. <laughs> <laughs> great stuff yeah the quotable batman Mm. Uh, one other thing to move on. There were some interviews that went around uh, with Andy Muschietti, the director, where he detailed it wasn't entirely clear. People keep saying these are cameos that they didn't include in the movie. But reading through the press conference, it seems like a press conference that he was doing. It more seems he was like, yeah, we were given this big list. We really couldn't include everybody from this list, but we really could pick and choose from whatever we wanted to include in terms of the multiverse stuff. And he listed people like Linda Carter, Marlon Brando, Burgess Meredith, Cesar Romero. He was asked whether Grant Gustin is in the movie or not, because there's been a lot of rumors about that, whether there'd be a flash crossover again. And he said, yeah, again, we had the whole list of people and we just had to make some hard choices. So to me, it sounds like maybe... You know, like all of this stuff, it seems like he was kind of towing the line and not saying, no, we don't have these people in. But there you go. I mean, this almost reads like a list of like, these are the people you're going to see. Yeah. It's weird to highlight these names of people because like no one would be like Burgess Meredith. That's who I want to see in this movie. Like the fact that he said it is more indicative of anything Mm -hmm. than than anything else. Yeah. Also, how are they going to see? We talked about the Titan scene. Is it going to be a thing where he's running through the speed force and you just see a flash of Superman 2 or something like that? I don't know. And the other thing with that is like it's going to look like a TV monitor Mm -hmm. unless they do it. Like, I'm curious how they're going to portray these things, especially if it's literally just a clip that they're taking and putting in. How will we see that on screen where it doesn't look like hyper lame? Maybe maybe he'll they'll put the flash in the scenes like Billy Crystal at the Oscars. Same sort of thing, right? Uh, that would be smart. He's just yeah. like, hey, uh, wow. Oh, oh, that oh woman God. getting dragged into that computer is scary. Yeah. Oh, that's going to traumatize me for life. All right. Why don't we move on from The Flash, talk about Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom. Some of the details were revealed at CinemaCon. The plot of the movie is Orm and Aquaman have to team up to stop Black Manta, who has a magical black trident that gives him overwhelming powers and he's going to destroy the earth or something. Great. Can't wait. So I feel like I'll enjoy this just as much as I enjoyed the first Aquaman. Mm, Which is to say pretty low. Not, not <laughs> Yeah. This is, this is a time that I wish Pete was here because Pete loves Aquaman. He loves, loves Aquaman. that movie. He thinks it's great. 
the, we've heard a lot of troubling stuff about this movie just in terms of early reviews and screenings and things like that, where people have said it's uh, nearly incomprehensible at some points. The first but, one was that, and the first mm-hmm. one was a huge success for, for Warner right, So it doesn't matter, right? People I would think it would matter. Want. I would think it would matter. You would think so. I do do think this is a very classic sort of second movie thing where the villain has to team up with the hero to fight another villain. So that seems like a solid base to work off of, potentially. Well, yep, I guess. Let's let's see. Yeah. All right. Palm Klementeff has had conversations about working in the DCU with James Gunn already. Also, I don't know whether she's had conversations, but Karen Gillan said she'd like to play Poison Ivy. We talked about this a little bit before, but what do you think about specifically any of the Guardians cast coming into the DCU? I wonder how it works. I mean, this is like sort of business side, like contractually. How can can they do that? Like, I feel like that's almost like a non-compete thing. Like, you can't go jump over there. But I guess it's it's not like they can be like, you can't star in other movies. (laughs) Right. I I think... I mean, they've done that, right? That's happened in the past multiple times where people have done both DC and Marvel movies. Maybe going forward, they'll have to do something like that, but it doesn't seem to have necessarily been a problem previously. Yeah. No, it's true. It, maybe I'm being weird about even thinking that, but I guess just these characters, these actors haven't done a lot of other work, and these characters are super iconic, and it's the movie that's coming out right now. So, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, that, I, I'm fine with it. I think it's cool, and especially like... They're great. I like both of them. So, like, mm-hmm. give them give them more work all across the board. Well, and I also think they're two really good candidates for that because they're both in very heavy makeup the entire time. Obviously, we yeah, know who they true. are, but they could very easily – Karen Gillan showing up as Poison Ivy is going to look totally different and act totally different than Nebula. Yeah. Palm Klementeff is not going to be Mantis if she does something yeah. in the DCU. So. I don't know about the rest of them. Bradley Cooper might have a problem because he's so identifiable as Rocket Raccoon. But otherwise, uh-huh. I think they're good to go. Yeah, no, I love I can't see. I want the cut where they just take out Rocket and put full uh, Brad Pitt in there. Or Brad, Brad Pitt. Bradley Cooper. I'd like to see the Brad Wait. Pitt in. <laughs> Swap <laughs> the brands. Great. Swap like, the brands. Why? That's what I've always what said. What am I doing here? Uh, yeah, actually, it would be great to see Bradley Cooper at all. He showed up for the Guardians 3 carpet, and I was like, oh, I hope he gets to meet the cast. That would be so yeah. nice for him. What a fun time. Mary, Prime Video is building out their Batman slate of animated shows. We've known for a little while that the new brass David Zaslav at a Warner Brothers Discovery is like, don't send everything to HBO Max, now Max. Instead, send it all over the place so we can make more money. And Prime Video is getting three Batman things. They're going to have a movie that's long been in development called Merry Little Batman. They're going to have a spinoff series called Bat Family. And Batman the Crape Crusader, which is the project that is coming from Matt Reeves and J.J. Abrams. And uh, is it? it's not Paul Dini. It's Bruce Timm, right? Bruce Bruce Tim, which is basically like a modern take on Batman. The animated series are all heading there. That has a two season commitment. What do you think about this? I love it. I, I do think, I don't know. I guess the strategy is just, we need money right now. So let's Mm -hmm. get, let's sell these things. So they come, the money comes in, but man, to have, I would want, if I were him, I would want Batman, the Cape Crusader on my service and not a, a competitor, but I can't wait to see all three of these. 
Yeah, I absolutely agree with that. And I'll also give a shout out to Morgan Evans, who I used to work with at MTV. Has been working I know on, Morgan as well. You know Morgan? Yeah. UCB Comedy Gun. Yeah, he wrote Merry Little Batman, and it sounds like he's working on the Bat Family spinoff as well. Um, I know he's been very nervous about it for a while, getting cut with all the animation stuff at HBO, um, but it all worked out. So good on yeah. him. Here's one jumping back to the previous version of the DCU. Zack Snyder held a big event where he was screening all of his movies for charity and then doing a big talk afterwards. And one of the weirdest details that came out, in my opinion, is he explained that his original plan was for Zeus to be Kryptonian. If you remember, Zeus is the father of Wonder Woman in that continuity. And also the scout ship from Man of Steel, which is the ship that ultimately Superman goes to when he finds out about his Kryptonian heritage. Uh, that was going to be crashed by Ares, who also might have been a Kryptonian. Um, so they're all Kryptonians in this continuity, including Wonder Woman, who is of Kryptonian descent. I mean, sure, man. I don't know. This is like talking about an ex being like, you know what? I was the one who painted uh, their bedroom or whatever. Like, it's sort of like, okay, I don't know what to do with all this. Uh, and it also, it just seems like a crazy idea. Who would want that? Uh, yeah, you don't need to tie up all that stuff that neatly. It doesn't all need to be Kryptonians. Um, I'm certainly glad that, that didn't come to pass. I'm glad, happy for the people that are happy about it or bummed about it. He was also doing a bunch of stuff there where he was talking about, like, people were asking about plot points and he just said, well, I don't want to say in case it ever happens. And I was like, buddy, this is the time yeah. to say it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> say it now, please. Wait, what did he, he said this, but what did he not say? There what was a even the whole weirder thing, the, thing. The dead Robin, like there's the Robin suit that has the Joker had spray painted something on yeah. it uh, in Batman v Superman. I think it shows up and somebody asked him about that. He's like, well, there's a whole story there. I don't want to talk about it in case it ever happens. And well, it's never going to happen. Yeah. Zack Snyder oh. back for Dead Robin film. Yes. <laughs> Last excited. but not least, this is not so much a news item as a plug from elsewhere in the DC universe, specifically yes. Vertigo. There's a book called Sweet Tooth, and Sweet Tooth Season 2 is now on Netflix, so I wanted to give a little plug here for our podcast all about it, Candyman. In every episode of the show, we recap an episode of Sweet Tooth, and then we review a piece of candy, and it's very fun. I have very a fun. Yeah. yeah, a whole season dropped, right? Let's, let's watch There you it. go. So Candyman, a Sweet Tooth podcast. Go check that out. And if you'd like to support this podcast and all the podcasts we do, patreon.com slash comic book club. Also, we do a live show every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. to Facebook and YouTube. Come hang out. We would love to chat with you about the DC Universe. Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, or the app of your choice to subscribe, listen, and follow the show at Comic Book Live on Twitter, Comic Book Club Live on TikTok and Instagram, comicbookclublive.com for this podcast and many more. Until next time, Dad, please come home. Your real family needs you. And, Dad, let me also say that when I clean the gutters like you asked me to, I feel like I have all the humanity that Superman has, and I also need a hug. (laughs) 